0: in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plantstock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. When you are trying to fit in as much pickleball as possible into an already slam schedule, it helps to have delicious products on hand To make healthy meal prep both quick and easy. At our home, the Plant Strong Pizza Kits are the key to weeknight dinners when everyone has swim practice, tennis, piano, and I'm trying to sneak in a game or two of pickleball. So from the freezer to the table, it takes just 15 minutes, and I'm not exaggerating. We use the provided sauce packets and our favorite toppings to quickly create pizzas that we all love. Our pizza crust kits are 100% organic, made from whole grain, and are oil-free, and are sweetened with just a kiss of maple syrup. A five-pack of crusts come with a freezer bag, so you take and bake what you need, and then you freeze the remainder. And we heard you, our shipping rates due to this environment were More than we like. And so for a limited time, we now offer a flat rate of $4.99 shipped anywhere in the contiguous United States. Visit plantstrongfoods.com and get after it.
1: I picked um, a mole sauce. Um, I have sushi. I have um, tacos, arepas, Asian dumplings, poke bowls um falafels which is street food in israel so i was trying to find those foods that different cultures love because we're i mean we're a multitude of cultures here in this country so i mean you go to any big city and you can find almost any kind of food from any culture so
0: yeah And becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plan Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Um, wow, I am back from a week long retreat in Black Mountain, North Carolina. We had 86 participants, and we, man, was this ever epic! Epic, 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 and my voice is a little shot, so uh, please pardon, pardon my vocal cords if they're a little bit fried. Today on the show, we have a member of Whole Food Plant-Based Royalty. Uh, this is her first time on the show. Her name is Kim Campbell, and I'm sure that many of you recognize that last name. We'll talk about that in a sec. Kim is the Director of Culinary Education and Development at Plant Pure, and she is the daughter-in-law of the great, from Forks Over Knives and China Study and whole, T. Colin Campbell. Together, she and her husband, Nelson Campbell, run Plant Pure Nation, where their work is very similar to the mission of my own family, which is to provide support, and resources to help people experience the benefits of a whole food, plant-based lifestyle. A few months back, Kim released her cookbook, Plant Pure Comfort Food. And what I love about this book is that it's not purely Americanized comfort food. In fact, she made a point of including delicious and interesting foods from all cultures and ethnicities, And you're going to see that reflected in her recipes and many that we talk about today, like, get ready, because my mouth is already watering, lasagna stew, veggie dumplings, fried rice, burritos, chickpea tikka masala, nachos, mole enchiladas, pad thai, mushroom stroganoff, and a lot more than that. Plus... All these family meals pack the flavor that we're all looking for without all the oils that you often see in these kind of traditional recipes. So often, people assume that whole food, plant-based cooking is going to be boring or tasteless because surely you're just going to be cooking the same meals over and over again. But I'm telling you, with Kim's new book, she proves that the possibilities for healthy, delicious plant-based eating are endless and no no cultural bounds it's always an absolute delight to speak with someone who is so aligned with similar values as Kim Nelson and the entire Campbell family are so please enjoy my conversation with Kim Campbell well Kim it's a really it's a joy to have you on the plant strong podcast I want you to know that you know, I feel like the Esselstins and the Campbells are kindred spirits on this plant-based voyage that we've been on. Yeah. You know, in some cases, your father-in-law and my father since you know the, <laughs> the early nineteen eighties, uh, and it's it's amazing how you know it's trickled down into their children and their children's wives and uh, and just the passion. That we all have for everything plant based, which I know you feel through your in and in and through your bones.
1: Yes, most definitely. Yeah. You, you come from big, a big family, and, and Nelson and I do too. So there's a lot of us here.
0: Yeah. yeah. A lot of Campbells. Yeah. So, Kim, um, I want to dive into a little bit about your history. You've got a new book that came out December 13th. Called Plant Pure Comfort Foods. There she blows right there. It is absolutely gorgeous. I haven't had a chance to try anything, but I certainly have looked through and uh, I've got about maybe 15 of these recipes that I have earmarked to, to make uh, in the not too distant future. And I'm going to ask you about those 15. So get ready. Okay. <laughs> uh tell me this were you did you always have a love for the kitchen and food
1: i you know i did i i I can't lie i I, i've been interested in cooking since i was a little kid um so when i met nelson i was very interested in nutrition um culinary i wanted to go to culinary school my father said no you're not going to culinary school you're going to go to a four-year college so I decided I was going to major in dietetics, but right around that time, when I was looking at colleges and thinking about what I was going to do, I met Nelson. And Colin was doing his research over in China and bringing back the data, and it was very interesting to me. So I already had that love before I met Nelson, and I had the love of both nutrition and food. So that was that was nice. Then I went to college, I studied nutrition, and I was very disillusioned with what they were teaching. In the dietetics program. And so I ended up getting my degree in teaching. And um, we got married after college, and I became a middle school teacher. So I developed a lot of patience, I guess you would say. But I feel like I've gone full circle, because here I am back in culinary back in nutrition and teaching. And I love teaching. and I love teaching adults. Um, so I, I feel like this has been a really fun um, something that's been fun getting into middle, the middle-aged years. I mean, when I was younger, I was teaching and raising kids. So my life was quite different then than it is now.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you went to diet dietetic school. Can you remember specifically like what it was or some of the things that you were learning there that just didn't kind of feel right?
1: Yeah. I remember one course and it was actually at Cornell. Um, and it was in the nutrition program where Colin was teaching, and it was called Maternal Child and Nutrition because women's health has always been something I've been passionate about. And they were teaching, you know, dairy, 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 make uh-huh. sure you get your calcium, make sure you get your protein when you're nursing, when you're pregnant. And I, I just was appalled. Here we were at Cornell and in, in the nutrition department where Colin worked, and that's what they were teaching. So it was very um, concerning
0: Oh my gosh, that's almost like blasphemous. I mean, especially given what you know, Colin and uh, his findings were around casein, mm-hmm. right? Which is the, the the main the the main protein in all dairy products. Which he found out to be what?
1: Yeah, directly linked to to cancer. He was able to um, when he did his research in the lab, and he he was able to turn cancer on and turn cancer off. But, you know, just by giving them, you know, uh, Casey. So that that was really very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, incredibly, incredibly interesting. I mean, and when I think about how many Americans today are probably consuming between three to six servings of some sort of dairy product a day. Yes. yes. And what that's doing to to fertilize and nourish, you know, dormant. Uh, Cancer cells and tumor and tumors—it's just—it's crazy.
1: Oh, when you think about dairy and what it's for, it's to grow a cow, right? And they grow fast. And same things with same thing with children. You know, breast milk is for babies; it's not for adults. So you know, I just to me it just makes so much sense that we wouldn't be eating consuming dairy products. So that's one thing that I've always been extremely strict about in this house, especially especially after the kids were born.
0: Yeah. So you started falling for Nelson Campbell, what, when you were in high school? Is that right? Yeah, we were 16. Oh 16. my God, sweet 16. And you guys, have you guys been together like the whole time? Have you ever broken up and, and come back together?
1: Yes, it was somewhat of a tumultuous relationship in college. So yeah, we had our share of we broke up, got back together, you know, we did our, we did our thing in college a little bit, but I, I as all people do, but we always kind of, we, you know, we were best friends. So, you know, it was, it was all, we always ended up coming back to each other. So we got yeah. married when we were 23, right after college. So
0: And, and for everybody that's listening and, and doesn't know, so Colin and Karen Campbell have several children and Nelson is the oldest son, correct, Kim? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. He's the oldest of five children. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. And so what, can you remember, like, what was it about Nelson that kind of uh, caught your eye? He was
1: really smart. He was very very, um, quiet, kind of introverted in high school and very athletic, but really fun. So behind his quietness was a very fun person. So we did a lot of things outside. Um, he loved to exercise. I did too. I loved his family. Uh, I was the youngest of four and he's the oldest of five. So my parents were empty nesters. His parents were kind of, I feel like just getting started with the, the chaos. So I would go over there and I think I fell, in, I know I fell in love with his family and him together. And his parents are wonderful people, so I, I've been I've been with them since I was sixteen. They they feel like my my own my parents. So yeah, yeah. I fell in love with the whole the package deal.
0: Yeah, and so when you started hearing about you know Colin's work at Cornell and the fact that he was turning on its head everything that we thought we knew and you know traditionally about protein, were you like, oh yeah, I mean this makes sense? Or were you like, oh my gosh, I mean, uh, Nelson, your, your father's cuckoo. Uh, can you remember how you initially reacted to all that?
1: Interesting question. I never thought that. I, I, I just found his information and the science around it very interesting. It made sense to me that we should be predominantly plant-based. I never thought that. Now my father... He did. So the, it's a, the interesting story is that my father worked at Cornell as well. He was in the ag school. Jing, he was in the dairy department. He was teaching people how to work you know, with their, their cows because he worked for
0: Cooperative Extension. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, if, I know, isn't it? I and, can't even imagine the conversations between Colin and your father.
1: Well, there weren't many, Rip. <laughs> there weren't very many. So when he found out I was dating colin campbell's son he said who and he said colin campbell so i i don't think he was real uh excited about it and of course my father i talked about this on another podcast so i love my my parents and their polar opposites but i think that was really hard for them to to you know we were plant based and having children and they were coming to our house and there was no dairy no cheese no meat no none of that so uh, it was hard for my father. It really was. He, he wanted, he wanted me to feed the children milk and, you know, pork chops and all the things that I grew up on. And I wasn't about to do that. So we, we had our moments. It was, it was a little tricky at times, but food was just not something I really talked about a lot with my, my parents.
0: Where did your mother fit into that equation? Was was she, um, did she deferred <clears throat> your father on all stuff? Or actually, or, no.
1: Yeah. My father passed away five years ago. So I always thought when my my dad was gone, my mom would maybe try plant-based a little bit more because he was pretty stubborn about food. Um, Although he went plant-based and I'll talk about that, but he went plant-based the last probably four months of his life. And so I thought, oh, my mom will do it. Well, my mom is 88 now and she's broken eight bones in the last year and she will have nothing of a plant-based diet. So I don't, <clears throat> I don't really go there too much, Yeah. Um, but actually between the two, I think she's more stubborn than he was, but he got colon cancer when he was 80 and, you know, decided to go through chemotherapy, radiation, that he had, a, you know, large, his colon removed the whole, he did, he did everything. And the last four years of his life, he was pretty miserable and after he tried every treatment in the world, practically, he, um, contacted me and he said, I, I I think I want to try plant-based. And at that point, you know, he, he had suffered so much from the treatment Mm -hmm. that it was a little bit too late. Um, but it was interesting because I got a chance to work with him and I felt like the two of us had some peace, which was nice. My mother wasn't, wasn't on board with it. She just didn't think it was going to help at that point. But, um, but yeah, he, he was he was open to it, unfortunately, too late. I think when people a lot of times when people get to that point when there's no other options, that's when they'll consider plant based. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind it. It's 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 hard.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, listen. I mean, we all know how personal food is and all the traditions around it and are uh, uh, all the preconceived notions that we have in our head from all the powerful marketing hype that's out there. Um, But like having gone through what you've gone through with your parents, and I'll finish this question, but it just hit me. What about your, uh, you said you're one of four. What about your other three siblings are, where are they on, on board or not board?
1: So I have one that's, that's kind of interested and they do it a little bit. I have another one. That's very keto. Um <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs>
1: then I have a brother who uh, is a crop farmer in upstate New York. So no, no, none of them are plant-based, but we, you know, we just, we don't talk about food. We don't, we don't let that get into our uh, friendship and our relationship. Um, yeah. I know, I, I know you would have thought by now I would have convinced somebody in my my immediate family or my family, but I do have some, I have a niece who's plant-based um, and I have, I have some nep- nieces and nephews who are very interested in this and who are kind of trying it out.
0: Yeah, well, let me ask you this, like having gone through what you've gone through, what advice would you give to somebody that's out there Who's dealing with a family that just doesn't doesn't get it, it's not interested. What do you think?
1: So I I think that you can poke people. I think it's, you know, poke them and and model and you know, talk about it when you can, whenever you get that opportunity, or they ask a question and you give them a mile-long answer, do it. But I think the more sometimes I think the more you push and the more you um I, I don't know, get almost religious about it. I think it turns people off. At least at least that's the case in my family. But, you know, it's not just family. I think there's people around you. I had a situation just recent, not recently, but probably in the, the last three years, I went to a class and the guy that was teaching the class had had a brain tumor and it was melanoma and he was telling everybody, you know, what he was doing that was really helping making him feel better. And he also said he was on the keto diet. And he had lost a lot of weight. And I sat there and I thought, "Hmm, don't say anything. (laughs) So I was with a friend of mine who's plant based. And she's, she's, um, she's also a cookbook author here. And I said, I have to say something. And she said, No, this isn't a good time. Just wait. So at the end of the class, I was one of those students that hung out until everybody was gone and then I went up to him afterwards and I told him about the china study and what Nelson and I do I told him about forks over knives and plant pure nation and he was really interested he well, said tell me more so I said well I can get you some resources so I went home and the next day I showed up in the store and I brought all my cookbooks I brought Collins book so the end of the story is that he and his wife went fully plant based, and today th- there is no tumor gone. So he comes to our pod meetings and he shares his story, and um, he said that plant pure saved his life. I don't I mean, I, but but isn't it interesting that his mind was just so open to this? Yeah. Um And and I, and I poked him a little bit, and I kind of knew that he was interested from the get-go. But, you know, what if he wasn't interested? If he wasn't interested and he just kind of went, hmm, I probably would have still dropped off the books. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think you just kind of have to feel it out. And you, you, you know when somebody's – the curtain is down or the curtain is up.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can usually sense it and see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's really – yeah, because I, I think that – like mm-hmm. I looked at the Esselstyn family, starting with my parents, mm-hmm. and then my – two brothers and my sister and then all their children and, you know, my family and my children. And there's 20 of us. And every single one of us is just like, you know, plant strong as can be. And, and I think on, on Colin and Karen's side of the family, and I could be wrong, it's it's maybe very similar.
1: Very similar, Rip. We go on vacation every year. All of us. I don't even know how many there are. We're in the twenties now because yeah. The kids are bringing new people into, and that's funny because the new people coming into the family go plant based. Yep. The spouses, but um, but it's the same thing. We, you know, we have amazing food. Um, we all try to outdo each other. We get a yeah. night and cook for each other and see who can make the best meal. It's so much fun. So on that side, we yeah, I, I would say we're all very plant based and plant pure and plant strong and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's exciting. But yeah. sometimes I have to, you know, I have to just change my brain when I go from one family to the next.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't
1: know. If I have that too. I mean, you're you're you have a spouse. Do you have the same situation where you go from one side to the other? It's a little bit different.
0: Um. Yes. Uh, un. Unfortunately, both my um, my mother and father uh, in law are they're both dead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I have her um, her brother and her sister who are very open to it. Which, right. So that's been good. So when you go on these, these Campbell vacation retreats, are you cooking a lot? Uh, are you one of many that are cooking? You guys order out? <laughs> what? Oh, we cook.
1: We cook. So what we do is we pick a night. So like Nelson and I have our night and we cook for 23 people. Cause we, you know, we do these, we do our jump starts. So for us, it's easy that, you know, doing cooking for lots of people. And then, um, everybody gets a night, everybody gets a night and it, it's so fun because the food is amazing. And I will spend all day cooking. If it's a Monday night at the beach, if it's my night, I'll spend all day doing it. And same thing with, with Tom and Leanne and the whole crew. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Uh, it, it 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 can be. It definitely can be. So I want to start talking about your cookbook that just came out. This is your third. So the, mm-hmm. the first was Plant Pure Nation. Then you had uh, the Plant Pure Kitchen. And this one, you can see a Plant Pure Comfort Food. So if I'm not mistaken, this was born out of the pandemic, correct?
1: Yes, you got it. Yep.
0: And so- and, and how's that?
1: have a lot of recipes already stored up and you, know, you cook too so you know you just keep storing up recipes and ideas and it's just to me it's never ending because the plant world is never ending so early in the pandemic we're all isolated and you know no no more cooking classes we're not doing any jump starts and I said to Nelson, let's do cook-alongs. Let's do it. Because I did a Chibo class, and that was really fun. Chibo is when, you know, you, you, people pay for the class, and they come and they cook with yeah. you. And I said, we can do our own sort of Chibo class. So every week we went live. And I wanted it to be live because I wanted people to see the process from beginning to end. I wanted them to see the mistakes and the changes and, you know, just how I cook. So we started uh, early in the pandemic, every Thursday night, we went live at 630. I would send people the recipe, I would send them any, you know, all the equipment and tools that they would need the grocery list, and we cooked together. And the cool thing about it was they were my testers, they didn't know it, but they were sending me emails and asking me questions. And that's why the cookbook came about, because these recipes were so fine tuned. At the end of the year 50 some we did 50 some shows i said i have a cookbook Mm. i I published this cookbook so i contacted ben bella shared with them my ideas and you know what what the what the theme was and they were really excited about it and then we spent the next year working on photography and you know getting it getting it ready for for a book so
0: and ben bella that's your publisher you guys I mean, Ben Bella, they hit the lottery with the China study. And since the China study, have they been the publisher of every follow-up book, cookbook that everybody in the Campbell household has done?
1: Yes. I think all of Leanne's books were done through Ben Bella. Mm -hmm. All three of my books were done through Ben Bella. And everything Colin has done has been through Ben Bella. So they've been very good. They've been very good to us. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about self-publishing. I thought about it for a week. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. I said,
1: no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I like cooking and I like the education part more than I like editing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not tech savvy, I guess. So what what's interesting to me is that you 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 talked about how you and Campbell uh I'm sorry, you and Nelson uh you know during the pandemic this allowed you to spend more time together in the kitchen and in many ways kind of just even bring you closer than you already are. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Nelson and I always went to went out to eat every week. That was our our fun. We'd go out and pick a restaurant in Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. There's there's lots of great restaurants that have uh, vegan dishes. But when the pandemic hit, we didn't go out anymore. So, we cooked we started cooking together. Actually, Nelson's a very good cook. I do most of the cooking, but he's pretty creative in the kitchen. So the two of us got together and that was that was sort of our fun time, our romantic time, light a candle, play some music, and that was our going out. So we and, and now we don't go out as much because it's expensive. It's oily, right? It's salty and oily and sugar you know, sweet. So we stopped doing that and now we pretty much pretty much cook in all the time.
0: Yeah. So do you have a in plant pure comfort food? which I got to tell you in looking through these recipes every one of them like spoke to me in that comfortable way but do you have a do you have a, a culinary philosophy ar- around this book when it comes to like number of ingredients or what what in- ingredients you're using or not using so
1: first of all we don't use oil just like you guys we don't we don't have oil bottles in our house cuz you don't need them you just really don't need them to develop flavor. So I don't use any oil in the cookbooks. Um, I use, there is a dessert section. So I can't say I don't use sugar and sweeteners, but for most of the recipes, I don't. Um, I use salts, but in, in a minimal kind of way. And people can always salt to taste. If they don't want to use salt, they don't have to. So you could do SOS free. Um, but we don't do that in our books. We use we're, we're oil free. Um, I also made this book predominantly gluten-free and it was because most people that are walking into plant-based want gluten-free anymore for all kinds of reasons. So I tried to go there as well. Um, and I tried to pick foods that were, and this is my philosophy. I think going back to dishes with that are, excuse me, (coughs) going back to dishes that are more traditional and that's where the name comfort food comes from. But what I did is I went to other cultures. Mm. So instead of just all American, you know, lasagna and meatballs and things like that, I veggie meatballs, I went to other cultures. So I made uh, the mu- muhammara recipe, which is Syrian based, but it's also a very traditional and typical dish in their culture. I picked um, a mole sauce. Um, I have sushi. I have um, tacos, arepas, Asian dumplings, poke bowls, um, falafels, which is street food in Israel. So I was trying to find those foods that different cultures love because we're, I mean, we're a multitude of cultures here in this country. So, I mean, you go to any big city, And you can find almost any kind of food from any culture. So,
0: yeah. So I'm going to just dive into your book here a little bit. I've got a bunch of recipes uh, earmarked. So I'm going to start with this one and then say whatever you want about it. So this one, your lemon poppy seed pancakes just immediately, immediately spoke to me this Sunday. I will be making these every Sunday. I make pancakes for my family or, or waffles.
1: We do the same thing. The Campbell's pancake dinner or pancake breakfast every Sunday.
0: Yeah, I love it. So any anything I should know as I'm making this lemon poppy seed pancake recipe?
1: I believe it has the Japanese sweet potatoes in it. Um, really? Uh, yes. Japanese sweet potatoes. I had to double check because there's another waffle recipe that uses sweet potatoes. I love Japanese sweet potatoes.
0: Those are the white ones, right?
1: Those are the white ones. So they're kind of like reddish purplish on the outside. You open them up and they're white on the inside and they're sweet, but they're not as sweet as a sweet potato or a yam. But they're definitely not a white potato. So um, I love to play around with those and they're hard to find. So you often have to go to Whole Foods or um, an Asian market. They have them in our co-op, our local co-op. And then I wanted to blend some grains for this, so this one has quinoa, which is um, a, it's essentially a seed. Yeah. Some people love it because it's high in protein. It's it's the complete protein. Not that that matters, but
0: <laughs> no, I, especially <laughs> considering who I'm talking to here.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Sometimes you have to say to people, "Oh, it has a lot of protein in it. Everything has protein in it, but you can throw that at them." Yeah. Um, oh, and it has oats, and I I grind them up like a flour. And, and then I use lemon and poppy seeds and it's, yeah, you're going it. to love it. Yeah, Do it in your, um, do it in your Vitamix too. You,
0: uh, oh, oh, do the whole thing in the Vitamix. Yes. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, that makes it really easy. No, the whole complete protein thing. It's like, oh gosh, it's, it's so annoying, <laughs> but, it's <really> annoying. but <laughs> I'm sorry. yeah. So yeah this the potato it's a complete protein the the poppy seed it's a complete protein, it's all complete, so yeah, next thing I want to talk to you about because I've never heard of this before, and I'm like, okay, I gotta do this. It's page sixty. it is your lasagna stew oh. here's here you go. I mean, I never in the world would have thought of a lasagna stew, and I gotta have it because I love you know hearty meaty lasagna noodles.
1: Yes, I love that. This is actually one of my favorite recipes in the book. Um, I, I I, did develop this recipe, but I'm going to tell you I cheated a little bit because I look at magazines and I look at traditional recipes and I say, okay, how can I make this plant-based? So when I saw it, we were on vacation and I saw this magazine and it had lasagna stew. And I said, I have to make this. So I went down through all the ingredients and substituted plant-based I used, um, I used red lentils in it, which red lentils, when they cook, they pop and they make it really creamy. Oh. Um, fennel seeds in it, which gives it that sausagey kind of flavor, because the original recipe called for sausage. Um, and then you know you can make ricotta cheese and, out of tofu and yeah. plop that on top of it. It's amazing. It's, and it's even better the next day because it sits and it gets even thicker and you feel like you're eating leftover lasagna. <laughs>
0: Okay, (laughs) I I am officially have drool coming down the right side of my face. Um, So you have a whole bread section. I love breads, but this one right here on page 78, this chocolate zucchini bread right here, Mm -hmm. I mean, chocolate, zucchini, and bread, that combination, I'm like, I just can't imagine how moist and delicious that is.
1: It is. It's like eating a brownie. Um, and I don't know. That, I'm not sure if that one is gluten free or not. Rip, I'm I'm looking at it.
0: Oh, it's um, all right. It's all right. I don't pay attention to that.
1: White, it uses white whole wheat flour, um, but it has chocolate chips in it and applesauce, so it's it's a good one. And I feel like it's a it's a loaf of brownie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, next next one up, page ninety nine. You've got walnut pesto burgers.
1: Oh, I- that's a good
0: one what I love doing with walnuts and making like walnut tacos out of walnut meat, but this, I cannot wait, to wait to make it.
1: And it has, I use lentils and I, I feel like that um, it creates a really nice veggie burger, but wow. I grow my own basil. So we always have tons of basil. So in the summertime I need something to do with it. So that's where that recipe came from.
0: And what kind of lentils do you use there? I just that-
1: use regular lentils, regular um, French lentils or,
0: yeah. Brown
1: yeah
0: now you don't have a photo for this one but this one like i just i love dumplings oh and you yeah. have these vegan chinese style dumplings that i am enamored with so um,
1: so you can you can just buy the dumpling wrappers yeah and that is made with white flour i will say that but yeah. i make my dumpling wrappers and i use whole wheat flour I just did a show on that, but they're, they're great. We do those at Christmas time.
0: Okay. A a
1: little more, that's for the, that's for more of the adventurous uh, cook because it takes just a little more time and they're a little bit more fussy, but you have to throw those recipes in there because some people love to hang out in their kitchen and be fussy.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, every Christmas, my wife makes pierogies. She's, uh, her family is Polish. And so it's kind of a Polish tradition to do pierogies. Yeah, I get that. Um all right on page 116 you've got loaded nachos with barbecue jackfruit um mm-hmm. you know nachos i do so miss like fully loaded nachos with you know all the works and so this definitely um spoke to me
1: yeah and i and, I, and when i when i do nachos i i bake my i use my own tortillas and I or corn tortillas and I bake them then you don't you know you probably do too you don't have to use the ones out of the bag that have oil in them
0: no well that's that's one of the things that really caught me about that one is they looked like they were homemade
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: not, not yeah. the store-bought ones yeah. uh, I absolutely love adore Thai food I really can't get enough of it you have a Thai fried rice on page 145 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what are your thoughts on this recipe? Anything I should know about?
1: I think that if you have leftover rice, you need to make fried rice. Okay. <laughs> don't use the oil; you don't need to. But I think that it's great when you have uh, leftover rice and you have some vegetables, peas, and onions and peppers, and you can throw it all together. And this one, what I did was I kind of really built up on the f- the flavor because Thai fried rice is boring. It's good, but it's kind of boring. But Thai fried rice. It's spicy, it's got a little bit of a limey flavor, it's got cilantro and peanuts. So I just had to put my flip. I love the, I love fusing different cultures too, you know. Yeah. Thai tacos, for example, things mm, like
0: that. Mm. Uh, you um you mentioned earlier that, you know, you don't use oil. Obviously, we don't use oil either. What are some you some tricks and and different things that you use to impart flavor? in food if you're not using oil
1: right so so i use nuts and seeds um but i use them i i use you know some people like for example some people make a cheese sauce and they'll throw in a cup or two of cashews you don't need to use a cu- two cups first of all it's expensive it's a lot of cashews but you can you can make a really nice cheese sauce from three quarters of a cup of cashews, or you can pull it back a little bit more. And then I use cornstarch because one of the reasons that people like to use excessive amounts of cashews is because they're getting that thickener and you don't really need to get that from the nuts. You get just enough fat that helps it to build flavor. It's healthy. And then you go over it and you you don't really need it. So um, I'm real careful about using not too much, but enough. I, so I use that. I use parchment paper, so I don't have to spray pans. Um, if something calls for oil, I might use applesauce if I'm baking, or a banana. Um, I use an avocado if it's if it's something chocolatey. I think there's a brownie recipe in here where I use avocados. So there are great substitutions that have that are naturally high in fat, but you can use them in a way where you're not using excessive amounts of them. So that makes
0: sense. Nice. So, you know, I live in Austin, Texas. We got a lot of great Tex-Mex restaurants here. And there's one in particular, when we go, they totally take care of us with the whole, you know, whole food plant-based minimal to no added oil. You've got enchiladas with a mole sauce here. Yes. I mean, oh my gosh. So tell people, what exactly is a mole sauce and why do they want to try this recipe?
1: <laughs> so a mole sauce is a deeper, darker, richer flavor than an enchilada sauce. They tend to use cocoa powder and they tend to use lots of different kinds of peppers and they cook it for a long time and they puree it. It's quite the process. Go on YouTube, look at how they make uh, mole sauce in, you know, Mexico. It's, it's a lot of work. This one is just, I use cocoa powder. I use peanut butter, just a little bit to kind of give it that depth
0: of flavor. And the the cocoa, because to me it's like chocolate, right?
1: Yes. It's very rich. And we, we use that. We did an immersion recently in Greensboro and that was one of the recipes and they couldn't believe that you could just throw everything in a blender and blend it and you get a mole sauce. Now I'm sure it's not the same as, the mole sauce that you originally, you know, see in Mexico, but it's good enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if I wanted to make that one, would that, uh, let's see, that take me about prep time, 30 minutes, cook time, 40. Okay.
1: I just never know how to put those prep time, cook times. I'm, I'm pretty fast in the kitchen, but none of these recipes take that long rip. Um, I just don't spend hours in the kitchen, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, well, so I... I'm a huge fan of mushroom, like mushroom dishes. And you've got a one pot mushroom stroganoff, but then right near it, you have a, um, a smoky mushroom Basiala, if I'm pronouncing it right.
1: Buscaiola. (laughs)
0: Uh, I was so close. (laughs) I wasn't even even in the same zip code. (laughs) That was ugly. But so if I wanted to make one of the two, which would you recommend? The, okay,
1: it, you know what? It really depends because the buscayola is um, it's more of a cheesy, creamy, smoky dish. Uh, Think of like almost like an Alfredo. It's more of an Alfredo, and it's smoky and it's rich as lots of mushrooms. And the and the um, the oh,
0: yeah. stroganoff.
1: Uh, the stroganoff. Sorry, that's yeah. a little bit more zippy. It's got um, it's got some worcestershire. Well, the other one has worcestershire sauce in it too. It's just, to me, it's, it's, it's not as rich. It's not as creamy and yeah. it's got a little bit more of a, a zippy kind of, I don't want to say citrusy, but more of a vinegary kind of tone yeah. to it.
0: Well, it definitely looks a lot thinner for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, Busquiola, is that it? Let's say it again.
1: Busquiola.
0: Busquiola.
1: But yeah, that's, it's, that's more of an, alf- it's more like an Alfredo, like a mushroom Alfredo.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Kim, one of the, 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 one of the plant-based vegetables that I can't stand is eggplant. So do you have an eggplant dish in here that might turn, turn me to the good side with eggplants?
1: I think we're kindred spirits there because I'm not an eggplant okay. fan. Okay. So I have a recipe for eggplant parm. Uh-huh. And I think it's in the Plant Pure Nation cookbook, mm-hmm. the very first one. Because when I make eggplant, I really camouflage it. I I bread it. Yeah. I dip it in. I dip it in flour and dip it in plant based milk and breadcrumbs and I bake it. Part of it, the problem is eggplants make my mouth itch. Ooh. So I think I have a little bit of an allergy to it. But um, there's another one, um, Baba Ganoush, which yeah. is in the first cookbook, and I use eggplant for that. Um, and then there's an eggplant caponata, which in, in this book, Plant Your Comfort, it's an Italian dish and it's like an eggplant um, warm relish that you put on top of bread. So that's mm. more of an appetizer. So that, that's it for eggplant.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, hey, you know, you speak to me with that. Well, I'm jumping to this, the dessert section right now and. You start out, I think, appropriately with a Boston cream pie, because that's one of the ways you won over <laughs> one won over Nelson, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. So when I was in high school, because I couldn't go to culinary school, my father wouldn't let me. <laughs> I always tell people my dad wouldn't let me do that. Um <laughs> right, I took every single culinary class that was offered at the school just for fun. And Some kids went to study hall. I went to culinary. And so I we made a Boston cream pie, a traditional Boston cream pie with the eggs and the custard and all of it. And I made it, and I happened to be sitting next to Nelson in chemistry class, and I had all this leftover Boston cream pie. We weren't dating, but I asked him if he wanted some, and he loved it. <laughs> so I thought, aha. I'll make more. So so every time it was, you know, something special came around, I made him a Boston cream pie. And his mother used to say, I knew you were trying to get him with that Boston cream pie because he was always bringing home a pie and shoving it in the back of the refrigerator.
0: <laughs> That's right. So his, so his siblings couldn't find it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Wow. Um, all right. So another another one that really caught my eye is... Key lime avocado pie. Like what is that on a scale of one to 10? Is that a 10?
1: That's a 10. It's a 10. <laughs> well, I like, I like really. Um, Here you go. Sweet. And I like, sa- yeah, I like sour kind of, it's not sour, it's sweet, but I like that kind of citrusy dessert. It's very fresh. It feels summery. Um, yeah. It has, it has limes and avocados in it. It's great. And
0: in a lot of these pies, you use what dates and walnuts and oats as the crust?
1: Yeah. I and I feel like that that's to me, that's the base for almost all my pies. Uh, right. There's a sweet potato chocolate pie in here. Then I use the same kind of crust on that. Um, you don't even need to use a crust if you don't want to, you can just put them in as little mini muffins and have it without the crust if you want to make it easy.
0: Yeah. And then you've also got on the next page, you have these these crazy looking lemon bars that I know my wife would go nuts over. She loves anything lemon.
1: And those are those Japanese sweet potatoes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And then here, here's where you got me. I mean, peanut butter, peanut butter cup bars.
1: (laughs) That's a Campbell. That's a Campbell recipe. Um, My mother-in-law made those for her boys all the time. And so Leanne put her rendition of it in her cookbook and I put my rendition of it in my cookbook, but it's really a Karen Campbell recipe. I'm going to give her credit for that.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, well, this, this uh, incredible. So tell me this, you've been cooking now for plant-based how many years?
1: I've been cooking this way for probably over 35 years I started cooking plant-based in college, uh, mostly, and and then when we got married, mostly, you know, we we weren't perfect. Uh, I tell people this, Nelson and I thought we were perfect. We thought we were eating plant-based, we were vegan, but I still had, before the kids were born, (coughs) excuse me, I still had that little block of cheese in the back, and he used to say to me, what, why do you need that? I said, well, I just want to put a little bit on top of the casserole, just to kind of Rounded out. And so then I got pregnant for my first child and I just got rid of it completely, stopped. Those were the, in the days, that was in the 80s and 90s. She was born in 91. Um, those were in the days when there didn't have a plant based cheese out there if you wanted to garnish with it. Um, there weren't even plant based milks that were very easy to get and they weren't very good. Mm-hmm. It was rice milk and I some kind of soy milk that was available, but they weren't very good. So we didn't have the resources. And, and in a way that was kind of a blessing because you learn how to cook with whole foods because you don't have all those processed vegan products. Not that I buy a lot of them, but we didn't even have that option. So I think when I say that we were not perfect, I think that's why, because I, I was cheating with, with real cheddar mm-hmm. until, and it took, it took me getting pregnant to say, Hmm think we're going to not do this anymore
0: (laughs) what is there anything in the kitchen and either an ingredient or something that you've been working with lately that you're like super jazzed and excited about and and, Uh, and for context like i'll call my mother up and she's like oh my god rip i just found this you know uh this lentil or this um leafy green that i'd never heard of before and she just freaks out
1: yeah so, so one of the things I really like, and I don't know if you know about soy curls. I love soy curls.
0: Butler it, soy curls. I saw them in the yeah.
1: Butler soy curls. It's sold by Butler Foods. It's made with 100% soybeans. It's all non-GMO. It's organic. It's not highly processed. Um, but that's I love to show people these when they're first going plant-based mm-hmm. because they're chewy. Have you had them before?
0: I have. I have. Not in a yeah. long time, but I, I actually you've inspired me to try them again.
1: Yeah, I mean we don't need a lot of them, but I'd love to show them to people because they're really a nice option for people who have a spouse who doesn't want to go plant based, but they really want that that texture and that chewiness. So the thing that but but for me personally, the thing that I am playing around with a little bit is mushrooms. Oh. So many mushrooms out there. And I'm trying to find chicken of the woods. Chicken of the woods. I've heard it's very meaty and it has that texture, um, very similar. But I like oyster mushrooms. I love oyster mushrooms. King oyster mushrooms are a lot of fun. There's so many mushrooms out there, and they're so good for us. And I think the more we, the more we play around with mushrooms, the more we're going to see supermarkets purchasing them. And Nelson just grew some mush. He grew some oyster mushrooms here the, the other, well, over Christmas. It was really fun. Yeah.
0: No, mushrooms are the rage. No doubt about it. Um, probably a year and a half ago I had, do you know, the Sarnow's Derek and Chad Sarnow? Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, they're, they're both just wild and crazy about, about mushrooms. And I think Derek is going to turn into a mushroom. He's so excited about him.
1: (laughs) Uh, See, so he inspired me with that chicken of the woods, town of the woods or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, I watched one of his videos because, yes, he is a mushroom nut.
0: <laughs> he, tr- he truly is. Yeah. Uh, now, so Kim, you grew up as you said with. I think you have th- you had three kids. Mm-hmm. Tell me about their challenges growing up with this lifestyle, or did you not have any?
1: Oh, we had challenges. I can't lie, um, but you know what? They all they all are really good eaters. Um, They were all open to plant-based and that's all they knew. I mean, I didn't, that's all we ever cooked. So the challenge was when they went someplace else. So when they were at school and they were sitting in the cafeteria, especially the middle one and, you know, friends had hamburgers and French fries for those healthy lunches that they serve in public schools. He would trade out his, he'd trade out, he'd trade out my lunches. Colin, his name is Colin. What are you doing? (laughs) But you know, I I couldn't control that. And I knew I couldn't. And I think when the kids didn't feel good, because they were at a birthday party or sleepover, and they would have binged on ice cream and pizza and came home and they were sick. That's when that's when they really learned that this, this was not what they were going to do. So all three of them are plant based. And I think that's one of the gifts we gave our kids that is really good. I mean, they, they just yeah. embraced it.
0: Are they out of the house, uh, out of the home now? What are their ages?
1: Yes. My oldest is 32 and then I have a uh, middle. He is 29. I'm thinking, cause they have birthdays tomorrow, 32, 29. And then the youngest is she's 26. Yes. She's 20. She'll be 26 next week. So, and they're all plant-based and two of them are, are well, one of them's married and her husband's plant-based now. He had some digestive issues and it really helped him a lot. So he's pretty strict with plant-based. My son just met a a woman who was vegan. That's just not so happy. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that's more than And,
0: and um, how thrilled was Colin, meaning your father-in-law, uh, that you guys named your son Colin?
1: Our family gets confusing. We have two Nelsons in the family. We have two Collins. Um, we have a lot of a lot. Of, Nelson's first name is Tom. Oh, yeah. No, he was very excited about it. We, we made that decision kind of last minute. So, yeah.
0: Wow. That's that's really nice. Yeah. Tell me. So you are director of culinary. Uh, you're the director of culinary education and development at Plant Pure. Tell me, like, what are some of the things that you've been working on there besides, you know, putting out another cookbook with, uh, because I know you guys have a frozen line that I've actually purchased at uh, Central Market here in Austin, Texas. And then you also have these dry starter kits, right, for the immersions.
1: Yes. So I've been working on a dry line and the dry line, what I wanted it to do was to be, a supplement, it's kind of a sauce line where it could supplement pe- people's cooking. And so I created, and I'll just go through them real quickly. I've created a cheese sauce, an enchilada sauce, um, a peanut sauce, a coconut curry sauce. I have a veggie burger where you just add boiling water and just let it let it sit. And that's—I'm really pleased with how that came out. I have What's a the flavor out.
0: of that? What's the flavor profile of that one?
1: It's—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's it's, it's got a lot of like a tomatoy edge to it, mm-hmm. and I put—it's um, got lentils in it. No, I had to take the lentils out; they were expensive. It's yeah. got <laughs> yeah okra in it. Well, you, you know, because you developed food.
0: Oh, and, oh. oh. No, I get it. I get it. So do you have oats? Is oats the base of it?
1: Oh, oats, oats, um, and then it has pearl couscous in it. Oh so, interesting. and you know it gives it that so when you bite into it, it gives it like that meaty kind of holds it together. It's, it's a really nice. I love this veggie burger mix. It's one of my favorites. Um, and so so the goal was to create recipes around these packs. So I, that's what I've been doing. I and mean, this cookbook is kind of history because I've been doing other things. So like with the enchilada sauce, we're, we're going to have a taco soup recipe that they can make with it. Um, with, I have a gravy. With the gravy, you can make stroganoff's and not just gravy, but other stroganoff's. I'm trying, I'm trying to think, Rip. There were so many. There's like 50 recipes that you can make with these, um, the veggie burger. You can make a veggie loaf. And that was really good. So I mean there's so many th- ways you could go with this and I love to cook but I'm using these packs all the time and supplementing them so hopefully people if they just have four or five ingredients they can make something brand new with these packs. But the limitations around developing you know this, you, you use certain foods you can't use and there's certain things that you have to include. So it's been it's been a trick.
0: So how 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 can somebody uh gain access to these. So,
1: right. So we were hoping that these, these would be available um, sometime in March. Right mm-hmm. now we're working with a co-packer and there we're working on packaging. So hopefully Nelson's doing a, a new film called from food to freedom. So we were hoping when that film came out, we would also have um, these meal packs. So, because we use a lot of these recipes in our immersion, which, which really t- um, from from food to freedom tells the story of what happened in our immersion. Whole nother story. Whole oh, other
0: sh- <laughs> well, but I think, I think that the title kind of gives it away a little bit because yeah. I mean, basically the food gives you the freedom that many people Absolutely. don't
1: have. Absolutely. We, we took these people and you know, that's where I feel like we have a, a little bit of a kinship because you know, you work with people in the, in yeah. the, and the firefighters um when we worked with you know mainstream folks and we put them on a plant based diet and i had the pleasure and it really was a pleasure of feeding them three meals a day and they had to live with us so watch the movie to see the story but um,
0: i can't wait so you think you're you're thinking march that'll come out yes comes out in march from food to freedom
1: Food to freedom. That is the truth.
0: And so tell me, are you also the developer of the Plant Pure Frozen line that's in yeah. grocery stores?
1: Yeah. So I had my hand in that a lot, too. So we—we, um, we, I'm not the only one. There, We've had some other chefs that were involved in that as well. Um, but, yeah, I had my hand in that. And, of course, that's, that's another. When you're developing food for, for the Frozen line – that's a whole nother category of creativity. Yes, it's hard. It it's hard.
0: Yes, it is. I just, I can't even, yeah, I can't even imagine all the hurdles and the and the challenges that you guys had launching that line. Wow.
1: I think if we knew what we know now, maybe yeah. we never would have gotten into it. Everybody says that, right? Yeah. If you knew what you knew now, you probably never would have done it. Um, I'm so glad we did because we wanted to provide Food and resources for people, but we had no idea what we were getting into. The food industry is tough business.
0: Well, and it's gotten even tougher since the pandemic. Yes, it truly yes. has all the supply chain issues, inflation, rising costs. Um, yeah, it's 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 brutal. Truly really mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Before I let you go, uh, top five kitchen must-haves if you want to kind of make your plant-based lifestyle sing in your opinion, like, like a blender, a cutting board, a sharp knife. What do you think?
1: Knife. First of all, oh, knife. yeah, <laughs> but, but if you want, okay. So in my kitchen, when my kids set up their kitchens, I was just in, I was, I, I just came all the way back from Washington this morning and I was setting up my daughter's kitchen. Cause she just moved there. And I said, where is your food processor? You have to have a food processor. And so she she did have it, and I was afraid that she didn't bring it, but a food processor, a Vitamix or a Nutribullet, and people get really intimidated by the whole blender thing. So if you can't afford a Vitamix or a Blendtec, and I know those are very expensive, go out and get a Nutribullet because they are great little machines. They will pulverize everything. Um, so I would say a really good blender, and, um, a food processor, I'm trying to think of what else I have. I have an air fryer, but I don't think that's – I have the Breville, which is really nice because we make French fries. I air fry a lot of things in it. Um, but those are my three favorite things and having really good knives. Um, I'll think of – after we get off, I'll say, oh, I, why didn't I what say about, that?
0: What about, what about when it comes to – what do you use for a skillet or a pan for like your pancakes and, and everything like that?
1: you know, for years and years, I just use stainless steel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, but um, I, I got my daughter the scan pan. She loves that pan. It's a nonstick. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. So she loves that pan. Um, I use uh, ceramic um, enamel coated pans. I mean, yeah. I, don't know, I don't really have a favorite pan. And I honestly, I don't have a lot of problem with sticking. Um, cause I use veg broth and, and water to deglaze my pans. So um, I think people just need to find out what, what works for them and what they're comfortable with. Cause there's a lot of pans that have a lot of junk on them yeah. and you know, you're, you the things stick and you're pulling them off and part of the pan comes off and you're eating that. So I think people need to be really conscious of getting those um, you know, pans that are nonstick. They're kind of scary to me.
0: Well, um, sounds like you and Nelson have your hands full right now,
1: <laughs> yes, we do, yes, we do. Okay. <laughs> we love what we do. We're passionate about this, and it's just it's just been it's been a fun ride together, and there's been some bumps in the road, but yeah. I wouldn't do it i don't I wouldn't do it any differently,
0: yeah, beautiful. um so again, plant pure comfort food, you know, and one of the things you say in this is, I am thrilled and honored to share another cookbook full of plant-based recipes to delight your taste buds and warm your soul. And I think you've done just that with this book. So huge congrats, Kim, on on the third book, on the new documentary that you guys are doing, the immersions you're working on, the new, uh, you know, the the sauces. Wow. You guys are making plant-based hum.
1: Thank you, Rep. Thank you. We really appreciate that. That means a lot.
0: Yeah. And where can people find you if they, uh, you know, they want to connect?
1: You know, you can, I'm on Instagram. I have a, we have Plant Pure Nation on Instagram and I'm, I'm the one behind that. Um, I'm Plant Pure Chef. I'm behind that too. That was my, sort of my personal uh, account. I started that. Uh, Plant Pure Nation on Facebook. Um, And then you can go to plantpurenation.com.
0: Well, Kim, keep it plant strong. I know you will. And here's the plant pure. <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: Plantpurenation.com is the home base for all the resources that we discussed today, including Kim's latest book, Plant Pure Comfort Foods, their latest documentary and their classes and meal starter kits. So, Whether you're craving Mexican, Thai, or even a little Italiano food tonight, know that, yes, it can be delicious, healthy, plant-pure, and always plant strong. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, leaving us a positive review and Sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. The Plant Strong podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Cordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Doctor Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Kyle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.